right, I'm not obsessed with the skin thing, and I've not gone on about it everywhere, right? Right. But not only is it not layers of foundation, it's not the estrogen either. I have always had the angelic soft skin of baby Jesus. That's true. Before the beard come in. It's been milky smooth the whole time I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. Once a, a college teacher fucking stroked it and said smooth as a baby's bottom. And at the time, I didn't think that was inappropriate. Well, we've all grown and learned a lot over the interim. Looking back, I don't think he should have done that. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Looking back, I think I could have sued him. I mean, today you probably could. I'm going to go back to Orpington. I'm going to go back to Orpington. I'm going to sue that man. I mean, it's all fucking smooth, though. (laughs) Oh... Oh, not so much now, but... You couldn't sue him for slander. No, no. It was a true fact. <laughs> and I don't I don't even think I mentioned this here. I told Conrad, I don't go on about things everywhere, right? But for the second time in my life, I cut myself shaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During transition, just, oh, let's do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do yeah. it now. Let's give you dark hair and pale skin. Oh, oh, I'm... I'm not. Do you know the the first time I cut myself shaving when I first started? That's a long time. That's a real good run of not cutting yourself shaving. If I'm being truthful, like I was stunned when you told me that. It's the only good run I've ever had. I was very similar. I went years and years and years fine, and as soon as I was like, right, I'm out. I'm public. Everyone here is me. Started started happening. Yeah. Overconfidence. It's overconfidence. Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> Just, ah, I'm sorted now. I'm sorted now. Oh, fuck. The fucking maintenance. And if you get it wrong, oh, I looked like Freddy Krueger once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can be. It can be yeah. an experience. I'm worried that... The content I do is just gonna start always with a couple minutes of trans slash NB stand up. <laughs> I, I mean, you are in you are in prime time to do it because there are lots of things that are new and you'll have lots of observations, uh, which makes it the perfect time to get your little comedy routine going. I wish I was in Optimus Prime. That's just a general joke. Well. It's more for people who want to fuck robots. <laughs> and it's less of a joke than no. just... It's just a factual statement. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. I want to be in Optimus, and I like Megatron round the back. Not as a gun. It'd be... I'd be too... i tell you what, right? If... And maybe I'm alone in this. If Megatron, uh, evil leader of the Decepticons, transformed into a wolf of PPK and then went up my bum, I think I'd be worried... And I think I'd be tempted to um, issue my ejaculate quickly into Optimus Prime so I can say, all done, you two finish off. I think that's fair. I feel like the sheer size of the gun would probably be a bit of an uncomfortable factor in all that. Well, he turns into a littler gun. Oh, yeah, size is not consistent, yeah. Well, yeah, he turns small enough for, for, like, Starscream or Soundwave to hold him, but they're pretty big. I mean, as far as what for PPKs go, it's the biggest one. Um, But then again, I mean, Optimus is truck bit disappears and he can turn small maybe he can turn smaller and just whoop not too small i'd be even more worried then if he did a gerbil so i just think what i'll do is i'll you know do a cream prime and then step aside i'll do that when i finish (laughs) 
you want to finish quick enough because <laughs> yeah. you you want to you want to make sure that you finish before Megatron the gun finishes because that's that's just gonna fire a bullet through you. That's that a, a gun barrel up your bum is you don't want that to to finish. Oh, it disrupt my coronation. I tell you that. <laughs> <sighs> well, well, welcome to Pogquisitions. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried that all my content's going to start with a couple minutes of, of Transformers sex stand-up. You, you say worried if that's not the entire foundation that your brand is built upon. Well, I mean, yeah, it's an empire built on blasting inside an Autobot. Like, you're saying this, like, starting all of your content with a few minutes of non-sequitur um, <laughs> content is not... The last 320 episodes of this show. I mean, it's really the the Beast Wars subculture that sprung up around it that concerns me. Hey, hey, I'm not into Beast Wars. No matter what the rumours say, I've not gone near a maximal in my life. Let's not have any Beast Wars shaming going on here, you know. It's illegal. Let everyone like what they like, even if that's Beast Wars. Well, if, I think, I think if... <laughs> I think if Optimus Primal sticks to a robot and doesn't turn into a gorilla at any point, I think it's above board. <laughs> but the moment he's a gorilla, the moment he's a gorilla, you you pop out and then <laughs> and whoa, then pop home. Whoa, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> no, exactly. No, is is there an inspect? Is this a sting? Is this a sting? <laughs> I swear, I swear, I swear they were a robot when I started. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, as the premiere podcast about fucking robots, it's our job to educate as well as entertain. Indeed, so indeed. I'm, I'm just saying. Would, okay, okay, would you fuck? Um, <laughs> this is. Uh, would you fuck a rock lord? <laughs> oh, they're not called rock lords for nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like the 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 little grey one with the blue face. Thank you very much, because that's the one I I remember. That's the one I had, and now I'd like it to have me. Oh, Rock Lords, that's a good callback. You see, what you're getting on this on this podcast today is infantile playground level. Um, w what would you fuck? But with the nostalgic toys to match the age you were when you had those conversations. I was trying to think of like where to go for that nostalgia and weird, weird one to go oh, with. Yeah. It was, I was either going to go with Rock Lords or I was going to go with, and I forget exactly what they're called. I think they're called like cha Changeables, the McDonald's Transformers <gasps> knockoffs that were like Burger <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'd fuck the shit out of them. <laughs> You've got no idea. I'd, I'd, I'd bang the french fries, I'd bang the drink, I'd bang the burger, and then I'd get one of them pull-back, let-go cars, I'd get the mammoth cheese one, I'd pull that back and I'd let it shoot off like a ski slope. Oh, you've got no idea the things i do with a fistful of Happy Meal toys. <laughs> so, video game podcast. <laughs> Oh, welcome to Boston's favourite son, everyone. <laughs> sometimes we play video games here oh, and yeah. sometimes we talk about them. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about one that I played this week because it, it ties into a news story and it's a weird, interesting thing that's popped up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where are you going to go with it? Yeah. <laughs> go on. I mean, I've got nothing. You said pop. It's... Please continue. 
Uh, so like a decade or so ago, there were a bunch of rumors for a very long time that there was going to be an HD remaster remake of Goldeneye that was going to be on the Xbox oh, 360. Yeah. Uh, and for years and years, this has circulated as a rumor. There were screenshots of it from around the time. The The rumor was always that Rare had basically built an entire Goldeneye remake that had never been released. This has been in the the rumor circuit for the for over a decade now. It's been the stuff of legends and about a week ago a 2-hour video went up on YouTube of someone playing the entire thing start to finish. Mm. And then it started getting passed around by people and I managed to get my hands on a copy. So yeah, there is a legitimate remaster of, of GoldenEye that was clearly designed for the 360 and was meant to go on Xbox Live Arcade, and it's weird to play through because it is 100% functionally complete. Like, uh, you, you you know, you're going to have to play it in emulators or play it on something that, you know, like a modded piece of hardware. Um, there's, there are some decent emulators that will get it running, but... Basically, it is a one-for-one remake of the original game with newer assets. The main thing that is of note is that all of the character models that were previously terribly smushed and you could sort of vaguely be like, I guess that's supposed to be Piers Brosnan. Much better detail models. You had a much better sense of who was who. Is it Piers Brosnan? I think it was Piers Brosnan in GoldenEye. The the mystery answered after all these years. It was (laughs) Piers Brosnan. Well, it, who knows if it was, but now it's Pierce Brosnan. Fuck yeah, it's At Pierce Brosnan now from Mars Attacks. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> There's some like some good features that like are somewhat standard for remasters now, but would have been really interesting to see back in 2007. Yeah. Stuff like. The ability to at any time uh, switch between the original graphics and the modern remastered graphics. Um, And that was sort of a toggle you could do in real time while playing. There is a menu that clearly was there to support online multiplayer, which I can see how that would have been a big deal. Oh, everyone would have fucking loved that. Throwing old jobs hat around. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's what I'd say. They got a cheeky little intro added where, Ooh. like, it shows the original shitty character models and then sort of, like, uh, transitions them and it's like, aha, now here's the better model you're going to be getting. And That is exactly how I've been feeling these past couple of weeks. This is a game <laughs> that speaks. Adding that to my type five. Sorry. Yeah, so perhaps most interestingly about the entire thing is, like, right at the start... There is a little line, and I'm going to see if I can... Uh, I made a note of it, I completely forgot to write it down. Um, that is something to the effect of... Um, oh, no, that was it. It was, did you expect us to remove the Nintendo logo? No, I expect you to die. <laughs> like, I played through the campaign of, of, of this. It It plays incredibly faithfully to the original game, which makes sense because, you know, since the the build leaked out there, a couple of people from Rare have talked about it, and it was just the 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 original code of the original game with new visuals slapped on top of it. What's perhaps more interesting is kind of the story about how the game ended up happening. Um, it was developed over about six months, and Rare started on development before they had the rights to uh, make a remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. We should point out that um, the reason this never happened was... Corrupted listen. I mean, basically. Uh, we'll, we'll get there in a second. So yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a great interview on Ars Technica about this. Basically, they started on it up front and were like... Uh, they kept being reassured by Microsoft. 
no, 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 it's all right. You can spend time working on this where we're in the contract, like, you know, the licensing discussions. This should be fine. This should be fine. Just just keep working on it. And um, apparently it reached such a point that at one point Rare staff were told, oh, yeah, no, all the licenses are signed. Everything's signed off. Everything's 100%. It's going ahead. So they develop this complete and finished remaster of the game. And right at the 11th hour before it gets announced, it turns out they asked Nintendo for permission and who the, the, the people they'd spoken to at Nintendo had come to a deal that was basically, okay, you can have your remake on Xbox so long as we can have the original N64 game come to the, the Wii as a virtual console game. So you get the, the, the newer version of it because, you know, you own it now, but we get to have the classic one on our console. And... At the last minute, it turns out they didn't actually ask the right person at Nintendo because (laughs) an executive who was yet to be named at Nintendo who had the power to veto this found out about it at the last minute and went, no, that's a Nintendo game. Everyone thinks of it as a Nintendo game. It's not going on Xbox. No. And the whole deal just fell through. Amazing. See, yeah, like... The entire game is there. It plays really nicely. Uh, the the you know it, it it the the resolution is what it is for a three for a three hundred and sixty game. Um, it it's it doesn't change any of like the the animations, which still leads to some hilarious looking like a character raises their arms up and they look like a noodly puppet. Um, there are some bits of it that are very clearly this is a fresh coat of paint over something existing, but it's a really nice port of that game. And it's a real shame that the only way to play it is to, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, ask around and find a find an emulator copy of it. Uh-oh. So yeah, that's that's what I played this week. I, I I spent some time playing Goldeneye. It's it's still a good game. I've played a James Bond game. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? I've played 007 Nightfire. Oh, I played a bunch of that. <laughs> I think that was the one. Yeah. Either that or it was everything or nothing. I don't know which one. But I, I played Goldfinger in it, in the multiplayer. And just ran around shooting my brother. You know, we didn't have online multiplayer in our house that day. What, do you think we were fucking rich? I played some of the original Goldeneye and threw our, our jobs out around. I'm, I'm looking at screenshots of Nightfire. Nightfire is the one that I got really into. <laughs> yeah, I, I got... For like a very brief period, I was like, I'm going to be Goldfinger all day long. I think the one I played is um, was the spy who loved me. I don't know. They did one where they really made an effort. It was more single player focus. There might have been a multiplayer attached to it, but uh, Hmm. it was one of the Connery films that they adapted into a game. Oh, I think it's from Russia with Love. I saw that on the list when I was trying to find Mm, uh, maybe that's it. That's the one. It's got. Yeah, but it's got, you know, Sean Connery on the cover and everything. Yeah, that's got to be the one. Yeah, I remember playing a bit of that. Was it third person? Probably. Uh, probably that. It's been a long time since I played Nightfire. I always appreciate a game that it, that is based on a property, but doesn't try and base it on a specific, like, it's not an adaptation of an existing film or anything. Yeah. It's nice to just go, just, just do your own thing and don't feel beholden to a film. I... I felt that Nightfire had a better, like, pacing than some James Bond games as a result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, GoldenEye was really big when I was in college. Mm. That's when it hit. But at the time, I was, like, playing first-person shooters on PC. Mm. And so it just didn't appeal to me because, you know, it was very 
primitive by comparison to those. Uh, and that, it wasn't bad. By the time I played it, I was, yeah, not like super duper impressed. I got very into it because I didn't have a PC that I could be doing first person shooters on at the time. Mm. And that was, that was, I think, the big thing about that game is that it really brought a multiplayer first person shooter of quality for the first time to a console audience. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, really small things that add up to be quite frustrating about this when looked at it through a modern lens. Like, the big one is your guns are held off-center from the center of the screen because you can dual-wield. Right. Uh, which would be fine, if not for the fact that there is no aiming reticle. Mm-hmm. Which means that it is very difficult to be accurate with your shots. Yeah. Also, that that game's method for having dual analog stick control is still wild. You can play that game with an officially like licensed uh, controller setup that involves plugging two different N sixty four controllers mm-hmm. in and holding one in each hand, and I still find that kind of amazing. Wild. Uh but yeah, like I didn't realize until going back and replaying this this week how much GoldenEye as a single player campaign. Doesn't tell you what the fuck is going on in that game's story, in that story <laughs> at all. You get an hour into that that game before they tell you anything of what the plot is. And the thing that makes it more amusing is that several missions with no context will go nine months ago, and then you'll have a mission, and then it'll be like four months ago, and it's not telling you in reference to what that time period is, it's just... You better have seen the film, that's what it's you better have seen the movie, or you can get to fuck. That's what I was originally thinking, but you get like halfway through this, and suddenly they start acting as if you don't need to have seen the film, and they're like, oh, we'll actually explain it, we'll have cutscenes, we'll have characters uh, talk, and it's just... The first half, they just don't bother to... Ex- like, what's a golden eye laser? Done. Who the fuck knows? We're off, t- off to some snowy place. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Cut to it, I guess. Get uh, to the meat of the matter. I suppose so. Also, much, much less of James Bond trying, trying to have sex with anything that moves in the game. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of that in Goldeneye. There's not a lot of that until right at the end. When when uh, Natalia is going to wrap her legs around you and start making out with you. I was going to ask, is Goldeneye... The... It's been a long time since I've watched <laughs> any James Bond, but um, is Goldeneye the one with the... I think the Russian lady who likes getting hurt and he fights her in a sauna and she... Uh... I think she burns a bum and she's like, oh, that's pretty good. On my bum. I think so. I think that's on a top. I, I think. I yeah. I every James Bond film I've ever watched is just sort of melded into my head into one. Yeah. Because in my head she she burns her bum and likes it, but Mister Winton, Mister Kipper are looking in through the window. Goldeneye's the one with like the satellite that's at the center of it, and 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 there's some sort of like fuel magnate involved. Yeah. Uh, the, the only James Bond film I weirdly remember quite clearly is Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. I think that that was one of the, the Brosnan ones, wasn't it? I think yes, so. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, I have I have like very strong memories of a car chase over ice in that film, like more than any other James Bond film, because the rest of them just are a, a mush in my head. The one I remember most is Diamonds Are Forever. Are they forever? Nah. Jim, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Right, Laura. Yeah. What does that remind you of? Uh, is it a monster hunter? Nope. No? Conrad. What does that remind you of? Um, okay, hear me out. 
it reminds me of Gwyneth Paltrow um, on a trip to the Alps, uh, being guided up by a Sherpa and uh, reaching the top. And that's the sound that her. Never mind. Only after the peyote. <laughs> uh, I, I was sure you were doing a hunting horn for no, a second. But no, 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 a- no, no. I'm I'm surrounded by the culturally ignorant. Uh, <laughs> that's that is from one of the best albums ever made. That is from Jeff Wayne's concept album for the H.G. Wells story, War of the Worlds. Oh, it's obviously, absolutely incredible. I mean, it's now now that now that, of course now that you say it, it was a perfect perfect rendition yeah i mean it's exactly the it's exactly the martian cry from from that ah. um oh it's so good it's such a good album anyway i played the one of the worst games i've ever played today oh tell us about it yeah it's called gray skies a war of the world story and i'm like in automatically in the very notion of war of the world's in massive part thanks to the album and the the art in it that as a four-year-old I found terrifying. I love the whole thing. I'm like, stealth horror game, War of the Worlds, all right. However, first things first, I know, Laura, you mentioned earlier about these games like licensed games or whatever doing their own thing, Mm -mm. an original version. However, fucking cowards, someone, you cowards, Someone adapt the actual story just once. Not this modern era shit, right? Not, not, I just want to see a, people, it's, it's fucking public domain since 2017. You've got right there a Victorian sci-fi story. A fucking terrifying one. And you won't do jack shit with it. Fucking giant three-legged Martian robots tromping through London town. Shooting destroyer fucking battleships. Oh, but no, let's drive away in cars. Utterly shameful. But anyway, this... Do you remember that game Amy? That horrible, wretched survival horror game Amy? I don't. I mean, vaguely, I remember hearing the name, but I didn't play it. It was, oh God, the worst horror game I've ever played and until now. But, okay, let's... I gave it two hours. I decided it's broken as fuck after that. Where do I begin? First of all, the main character's hair isn't hair. It's just loosely connected or, in many cases, disconnected pixels. So it didn't give me the, the, a great start. I start off in this convenience store that isn't really set out like a convenience store. There's, like, different... It's basically copy-pasted shelves everywhere, and I'm told to collect milk and cereal and toilet paper. Now, I run around collecting... I, I find the cereal, I find the milk, I go over to the toilet paper, there's no prompt to pick it up. Oh, shit, what do I do? Oh, there's more toilet paper over there. Cue me running around until I find the one toilet paper... Out of all the copy-pasted ones that it wanted me to get on the other side of the shop, thank you very much. All the while, this music, like a a discount theory of a dead man, which itself is a discount Nickelback, right, is playing just this whole song, right? Everything moves and controls like a Gilson B. Pontus game, like an actual, like those shitty Steam Direct games I play, right? It's, It's supposed to not be that. I find a letter in the shop. It's a COVID warning that tells you you've got to wear masks in the shop and it sucks. However, we're not being invaded by Martians, right? 
<laughs> oh, I see where they're going yeah. here. That's very clever. Oh. Q and on second to plane crash. The character stumbles out. I walk through the forest on fire with the plane and everything very slowly. Some more music starts to play. A sort of shitty, cheesy, emotional sort of, oh, feelings kind of song. Which the game makes me walk for the duration of. Now, bear in mind, my favourite adaptation of this, of this story is an immensely brilliant concept album. So when I get to the driving section and it makes me drive for the entire stretch of the road through another song that's about someone called Anthony writing songs that make his dad cry or something, I'm like, where the fuck is Come On Thunder Child? The songs aren't relevant. I think this game is somebody's demo tape. That's my theory. I think this game is someone's demo tape. They are just, all their brother like has a band and they're just putting all these songs in. And on top of that, the game just doesn't work. I got into a point where I couldn't pause the game. I got into a point where a human, oh, the enemies are humans that are just sort of mind controlled or something. I don't know what's going on. She walks into a room at one point. There's just a man there. She automatically crouches and says, what's wrong with him? He was just walking around. But anyway, couldn't pause sometimes. At one point, she was stuck crouching and just couldn't do anything. And I had to throw a, a stone into a window and it just wouldn't let me. And then eventually I uncrouched. And then when I went to throw, she just sort of, her arm just went in weird directions and just flopped about. And then I just sort of let go of the button. And then the rock just sort of went vaguely in the direction of the window. Did I say the enemy at one point chased me through a door? And then when I hid, he turned round to go back to his normal patrol area and was too tall for the door. I don't know how he got in, but he was too <laughs> tall for the door and it was the one door I needed to get out through. Well, probably the uh, sort of hunting animation is different and it brought the character skeleton down low enough to clear the obstruction of the doorframe. That could be, <laughs> and, but I... Ah! I'll tell you this, when I'm stuck and can't get caught by this fucker and I restart the game and it takes me all the way back to when I first arrived at this area, which includes walking through several empty buildings to collect a multiple bunch of red weed, the scary Martian tendrils that you use in this game to upgrade yourself so that you can learn to do things like craft a jug of water by finding a jug and water Apparently you need Martian weed to learn how to do that. But anyway, when I restarted that, I then have to play through that area again before I get to where the enemies are, uh, including an unskippable cutscene. And then I don't know where to go. There are these two enemies. There's a big hole in the ground on fire. She says I can get past that, but I'm not playing anymore because it's, it's a stealth game, but you... It's almost arbitrary what those fuckers They go on these patrol routes But sometimes they see you and sometimes they don't It's just one of them things And I'm just, I'm not Bear in mind, I spent over an hour Just dreading the stealth Because the control She controls like a horse You know how horses in a lot of video games Are just a pain in the fucking ass to steer Imagine that but a human Like a horse that fucked a forklift truck And had that game that does not sound like a good time. <laughs> Utter shambles. Oh. Utter shambles. Comrade. Yeah? 
Have you played anything this week? I played the tabletop version of PC Repair Simulator. Yeah, how's how's your PC been? It's fine. (laughs) Is it functioning? (laughs) It is functioning as well as it was when I started doing repairs on it. Okay. Clawed back to zero. Clawed back to zero. You've you've not made it worse. Well, yeah, (laughs) I mean... As far as I can tell, I mean, it, it's not. So I've had this weird hardware fault that I haven't been able to identify and frankly didn't want to take the time to fully identify and investigate. My assumption was it was an M2 drive. I replaced the M2 drive um, after a whole bunch of effort trying to restore my operating system. Uh, I gave up on that and I thought, OK, well, I'm going to start reinstalling all of my programs then. And then it had the hardware fault revealing to me it wasn't the M2 drive. So I'm like, cool, I'll put my old M2 drive back. I'll be back to zero. And then I spent the next 18 hours trying to figure out why the fucking thing wouldn't output video eventually learned what leds on the motherboard would indicate to me whether or not it was posting thus saving me the effort of buying a pc speaker so it would make a fucking beep noise at me when that happened which what the fuck you saved 20 cents you assholes fit it on the board and the second i do that video outputs back things fucking working still crashes just the way it used to (laughs) (laughs) But it works again. So who knows? I didn't have something seated properly or uh, who knows. So why do you hate Hades? (laughs) I would rather play Hades than fix my computer. Okay, it's not the worst thing in the world. That's that's progress. (laughs) It's a 10 out of 10 then. Yeah, Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I have spent some of my week this week playing some more Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I've been messing around with speedrunning on that game still. Are you going to speedrun shiny hunting? Has someone tried that? Oh, no. I bet they're dead now. Uh, Currently, there are no speedrun categories on any of the games for it. Here's the thing. If they were going to make a speedrunning category for shiny Pokemon, Let's Go Pikachu is far from the worst one to do it in because it has a really nice, like, very reliable system for getting shiny pokemon to show up quickly and technically you've got a head start exactly i've i've got like 85 percent of all shiny pokemon that have ever existed i'm cracking on with that that's ridiculous yeah i'm, I'm like four species of pokemon away from having all of the ones in sword and shield Fuck done it. but yeah i've been i've been enjoying messing around with trying to speed run let's go pikachu and eevee i'm never gonna be world record pace on on there but like I can finish that game now in about four and a half hours, I which bad. I think is pretty go- good going. That puts me in the top 30 people in the world. Oh, that ain't bad at all. Yeah, I, I would, I've would. i yet to do a recorded all of it in one go yeah. on stream so that I can submit it. But if I can hit four and a half hours and get in top 30, you know, I've got all my first places on my shit games that no one cares about. But I'll be very proud of my 30th best on a game I actually care about. That ain't bad. You should uh, speed run Grey Sky Support of the World Store. Oh, oh! If, if only I could, but I, I don't think it's on the speedrunning website, oh. unfortunately. So, uh, oh, but then you could get the records. I could be the only. <laughs> I could be the best player in the world at Grey Skies: War of the Worlds. I wish I was the only player. I weep knowing there are people who have non-tax deductible versions of this game. <laughs> I weep for the people who have it and enjoy it. Yeah. On the basis that they invested money into it, and yeah. then that sunk mm-hmm. cost fallacy kicks in, and they, you know, have to 
feel like they made a good choice. Yeah. I'm not sure how many do because I was I went on the Steam discussion because <laughs> I was like, because, you know, I never know if I'm missing something obvious, but I, I got so I didn't want to do from that checkpoint again. I'm like, just just which way to go. She says at different points in the area that she has to get round something. So I don't know if she was telegraphing a place. But anyway, I'm not getting into it again. But I went on there and the, you know, the pin topic is the dev saying we hear you. So I'm like, I don't know how many people are that fond of it. Um, the reviews are not where we'd like them, they said in the... Oh, fuck's sake. How dare you? <laughs> how, how absolutely dare. Sorry. I went off on one again. No, that's all right. Uh, the only thing I was really going to say about this is the thing I've been really enjoying about speedrunning this game is... And I think this is this is the, the case if you ever try and learn speedrunning of any kind of game is that I've developed an, an appreciation and understanding for some of the mechanics in that game that I never sort of understood before, and a new appreciation for like aspects of playing through that game that I didn't appreciate as much before. A really good example of that is I didn't realise how amazing a Pokemon Starmie is, uh, because it is a water type that can learn psychic and electric type moves, and that combination of three types on one Pokemon can carry you through the game. Like, catching a Starmie just before getting to, to Cinnabar Island, I made that Starmie just carry me the whole way through the game and no other Pokemon needed, just fucking beat the Elite Four with my one good Starmie. It's, it's been really nice being like, ah, if I use this Pokemon in this way, I, I, I can do things with it I didn't realise. So yeah, yeah, I've just been having fun experiencing a game that I usually play very methodically and learning to play it a different way. That's been a lot of fun. That's good. Yeah. What about you, Jim? You played anything else this week? I mean, it, it, it's just Monster Hunter. You were right to have guessed it was something Monster Hunter related at the beginning. You were in the ballpark of things I played because I played more Monster Hunter. I've gotten pretty good with the, the, the um, what's it, the bug squirty stick now. Yeah, your, uh, your big lancey thing. Yeah, I did another stream with it yesterday and I've been, I'm doing all right. I've, I've been blazing yeah. a bit ahead in it now because I, I, well, I don't say I wasted it because I, I made use of a lot of it, but I spent a lot of time just hunting the same monsters over and over again at the beginning, ah. just because I thought I would have to hoard a bunch of stuff. Um, but I pushed forward quite a bit, yeah. and I, f I f fought the rotting dragon that is Ooh. amazing. Probably my favourite fight, my fa certainly my favourite design so far. This just this horrible, gloopy, you know, a, a lot of people in chat were calling it like the Bloodborne monster. I mean, it, it is a little, yeah. Very much is just fighting it in this horrible, rotten flesh nest. Um, and the, oh, God. Oh, my, my hunter looks divine. I, I did not think that a pile of rotting dragon flesh would make such a sassy outfit. But, oh, I like dressing up as in monster skins and hair in this game. It looks quite snazzy for, for essentially wearing corpses. Quite obviously corpses in some cases. <laughs> I don't think it, it was an unwise decision to spend a lot of time in the starting area. Like, I think there is definitely something to be said for get confidence and get comfortable with the type of weapon you, you want to play with before you push forward. Like, I, yeah, it, it definitely means that you're going to have less frustration because, you know, those are those early things give you a lot more time to play around with what your weapon can do. Yeah. And I yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm very adept now i think you know as adept as i'm gonna get with the stick and handling it pretty well and, and I've, I've just been finding it fun to just sort of 
answer SOS calls, just drop in with randoms and just wail on something. It's quite good, and it's kind of low pressure as well. It doesn't really matter what you're doing so long as you're smacking fuck out of a big monster. So everyone's just sort of getting on with their own thing. Uh, and I've got the... I've got my stick set up so that the insect does the the healing dust. Mm. Uh, So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not a lot more to report. I'm just still playing Monster Hunter and enjoying it. Yeah, it is. It continues to be a good game. Still not got Iceborne yet, just because I'm still not sure how much longer I've got to go with this before Rise comes out. Like, I don't know if I'll even be done with this by the time Rise comes out, in which case I'm not going to get Iceborne to not really use it. Yeah, that's that's fair, but definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got the flamingo bird head as well, the dodo, the kula yaku. You just wear its head and just wobble around. <laughs> this game's fucking... It's very good, right? It's bloody ridiculous. <laughs> ah, so we had some, some newsy bits this week. So much news. So much news. Let's pick a bit of news this week. There's a bit of news this week that is... Uh, you know that wonderful thing, the Streisand effect, where something wouldn't necessarily be such a big story and then someone tries to get the story taken down and it becomes a bigger story as a result? I tried to do that with the rumour about how sexy I am. <clears throat> well, you haven't done a good job taking the rumour down. You just shared it again there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to share it to complete silence, but you know what, folks? That's I didn't fine. think it was... That's... I didn't... Hey, hey, that's fine. I, hey, I didn't think it was a rumor. Well, I was trying to figure out how you financed right said fret. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good. Americans love to point at right said fret as proof that the British have bad musical taste. But I'm too sexy was number one in America, I believe. Yeah, and yeah, no, Dickie, we have terrible music. The good taste. one was number one over there. Yeah. I think I got that right. Yeah, Either way, Deeply Dip is better than I'm Too Sexy. Uh, right, so here, here's the story that has oh, yeah. the Streisand effect going on. Uh, a website did an interview with the composer for all the music in the Silent Hill games. The interview was about the medium, but during the interview they were like, hey, have you got anything you're working on that you'd like to talk about? And Mr. Silent Hill composer goes, oh, I've got a project it should be announced in the summer, and I think it's the one that you're all really hoping I'm going to be working on. Two Worlds 3. I mean... Obviously. Look, if, if this man says, I'm working, on, uh, I'm working on the project you're all hoping for, everyone jumps to Silent Hill. And I think this story probably would have gone away if that had been the whole story. But someone, no names being mentioned requested the interview be taken down and the website took their interview down and that just fueled intense speculation that this is definitely, 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 definitely Silent Hill this time. I mean, there's a million things it could be, but everyone's decided now. Konami has denied it, we'll say that. Yeah. Konami has denied it. They have denied that they are the ones who asked for it to be taken down. It it is my hope that... (laughs) It is my hope that Yamioka did not mean Silent Hill. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, his own original music that he insists is what they're really here for. And, like, he's like, people are going to lose their fucking mind. And it's nothing but covers. It's nothing but covers. It's covers of songs by Walter Day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this: it's, it's one of <laughs> it just. It took me a moment to remember who Walter Day was. 
and now that's the best thing. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, yes, Konami has denied that they requested it be taken down, and, you know, that could be true in a sense where it might be something like, well, we didn't ask for it to be taken down, we asked the composer to ask them to take it down, and, yeah. you know... The only time Konami has a statement these days is to remind us it's doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, so... Everyone's got swept up in Silent Hill is definitely coming back. Fever is sweeping the nation. I mean, it seems reasonably likely under the circumstances. It's not like that's a an admission, but come on, what are people left to, to believe at that point? Yeah. Hang on. Is there a new Silent Hill pachinko machine that they're going to be providing the soundtrack to? Could be. That's very plausible. <laughs> Could well, be. I mean, maybe we should just temper our expectations from that point of view. I will note, I think a big part of why this has picked up as much steam as it has is there was also some pretty loud rumours toward the end of last year about two different Silent Hill games being in the works. What The rumour was that one of them was going to be a reboot of the series and one was going to be more like a choice-based adventure game in a sort of telltale vein. I think a lot of people have gone, ooh, rumoured Silent Hill games and... Silent Hill Man is working on a soundtrack that we we want him to work on. Like, I, I feel like that's how we got here. But... I mean, dude knows what he's known for. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, it, no, it was sort of stupid maybe of them to have said that. Yeah, oh, 100%. He should have fucking said nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, uh, what else did we have on the list this week? Um... Uh, let's let's talk about the ass story. Oh, we got we got to get on brand for you. Yeah, we got to get on brand for me because I was I was very lucky the day I released the book about video game character butts. There was news about video game character butts, and I have opinions and thoughts. So Mass Effect Two, that game, that game's camera loves to stare at Miranda's ass quite a lot. It sure do. It sure do. Like you know, like. In conversations where it's maybe not always appropriate, like, oh, I'm going to talk about, like, how sad I am about my sister, stare at my ass while I do so. Gratuitous comes to mind as a word yeah, to describe yeah, it. Yeah, gratuitous indeed. So in an interview about the, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition remaster that's happening, basically the statement was made, you know, we're not we're not downplaying it, we're not taking our ass out entirely, we're not taking all the, the ass shots, but just like... A few of the ass shots are a little bit gratuitous, and we're going to scale back a couple of them. And the internet lost its mind. How dare you take asses away from us? <laughs> I, I don't think anybody on this podcast could be accused of being opposed to butts. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, brought, I bring this story up just because I have thoughts and opinions, and I need to share them where I've got the biggest platform to do so. Yep. Pro-butt, though. I mean, just so we're clear. Oh, no, to be clear, I'm pro-butt, and in particular, I'm I'm pro some gratuitous shots of Miranda's ass. Mm, yeah, so, it's fine. Yeah, so Miranda is a character in Mass Effect 2. Her whole, like, plotline of her own, you know, side plot is all about the fact she's been genetically engineered by her parents to be perfect. Uh, perfect body, perfect intelligence, perfect voice, perfect everything. And that's a hell of a lot to, to live up to. So It's also really subjective, and I kind of, you know... Yeah, well, exactly. It's subjective, but that is that is where the plot is trying to take it, so we'll take it as granted for this. So the whole thing is, like, I am fully in favour of her ass being the way it is, and in the opening sections of the game gratuitous shots being used, because I think that furthers the narrative. I think that 
by trying to encourage the player to sort of objectify and view Miranda through an objective lens, it makes it all the more impactful when she turns around and goes, hey, living up to the expectation of being literally perfect is incredibly anxiety-inducing because I cannot possibly live up to that. You know, her ass is a reminder of the perfection that she is sort of held up to a standard as, that she has really complicated feelings about. So, I reckon, show her ass in really gratuitous shots until she tells you that being perfect is really distressing, and then maybe a few fewer of the gratuitous shots after that, because they've served their narrative purpose. I'm not telling, I'm not taking your asses away. Just, you know, use your asses in a sensible time and place. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't have a lot of strong feeling one way or another about how the developers feel, re these ass shots. If they want to remove them, fine. If they wanted to add more, it's their, their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, do 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 that thing, and like, hey, to the people shouting that this is is censorship, pe- the people who made a thing, deciding of their own accord, actually, our tastes have changed, and we would like to not do that because we feel weird about the choices we made a decade ago. That's not censorship. That's people going. In a decade, I've learned things. I would like to change the work I've made. Yeah, there's um an interview. That Metro in the UK did with, and I'm trying to find the name of the person they spoke with, because they, you know, buried it in here. Oh, Mac Walters. They spoke to Mac Walters. And Walters said, "Is a here's the quote, I do think a lot of things have evolved since uh, the original games, but I don't know if I would say we were ultra concerned about it or anything like that, but there were considerations. Kevin actually called out some camera cuts that were just, why was that focusing on Miranda's butt? So in some cases we said, okay, we can make a change there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's it's literally just, hey, in a decade we've had time to look at some of the th- the things that happened in our piece of work and go, yeah, why the fuck did we do that? That's, that doesn't need to be there. And there is a sort of... Um, artistic idea that no piece of art is ever truly finished, right? Mm. And from that perspective, the artist can, because it is their idea, it is their art, adapt and iterate and change it over time. And it is still their art. It does not need to be catalyzed forever in one form. Like, this is very specifically a remaster. Things are being changed in it. Like, the first game has a whole bunch of design things that are being changed to make it more in line with the sequels. This is them going in and going, can we improve this piece of work we made before as we repackage it? And there are going to be, you know, well, I'm probably not going to play this. And even if I did, I will not at this point remember the experience of Mass Effect well enough to have strong feelings necessarily about changes. I guarantee if they hadn't announced this, 99% of people would never notice that there was a couple fewer shots of her ass. Yes. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, some people would, absolutely. And those people would have made a big noise about it. And then this would have happened inevitably. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. It would have been found, but then, you know, it would have been internet research sleuths having done it. This is preferable. I'd rather have it gotten out of the way. Oh, gosh, yeah. Before the thing launches. 
then, then it's you now like, oh, they tried to hide this from us. They're scared. And, and it's just like, yeah, there's no victory uh, when it comes to the people who are going to be actually upset by the reduction in the number of ass shots in here. Yeah. This controversy will last weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ubisoft allegations got play for about one. Yeah. It's always the asses. When I first got exposed and foolishly joined in video game ass discourse about 10 years ago, I used to think about my own mortality a lot less than I do these days. It's always the asses, and I'm sick of it. Yeah. I tried to find the story to put it on this week's docket and I could not find the link and apologies that I don't have this to specifically cite, but I believe I saw a story this week that said that uh, Ubisoft's most recent financial quarter is the most profitable financial quarter they've ever had. Yeah, I also saw a headline that says fans furious at Ubisoft and I went, ooh, over microtransactions and I went, oh, now don't get me wrong. A massive part of my brand is being furious over microtransactions. But when I see people are furious at Ubisoft and it's about something that a lot of them used to tell me to shut up about years ago, they can fuck right off. They, uh, yeah, they doubled earnings year on year in the third quarter. Basically, (laughs) super high profits even in the wake of allegations against them. Because of of course, course, because none of this does anything. Jeff and Elon are fighting over who's the richest duck in Duckburg. Right now, and I haven't checked the latest figures, but it must be like close to or over half a million dead now in this fucking country. While while people that are making it, Matt Hancock, right, the fucking health idiot over in the UK, just gave the PPE stuff to like a friend. Yeah, yeah, it's just friends of the Tories getting rich over there, and in here, it's fit a grab bag. Of course Ubisoft doubled. Of course it did. Just like Activision had its best fucking year this year while I'm paying its fucking taxes for it. I'm not I will never be quiet about that. It's theft. Fuck everything. I checked the figures. It is coming up on half a million in the US. Yeah. I just <sighs> Keep writing your think pieces about what Assassin's Creed Valhalla does right. Fucking enjoy them. Look, while we're on the being angry at video game companies track, we've got a, another company that has been accused of some serious bullshit that we need to talk about. Oh, boy, can we? Yeah. League of Legends developer Riot Games. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Laura. I don't want to interrupt, but I do want to just run a, a new feature on the podcast. Top 10 League of Legends characters. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> Okay, so there's a new lawsuit accusing CEO Niccolo Laurent of sexual harassment, gender discrimination, and wrongful termination. Oh, all the stuff that we've known about for years and, uh, again, people tell people to shut up about. Like, I was going to say, wasn't there a whole thing about this at Riot Games years ago that this is what goes on at Riot Games? I did a video on it in 2019. Kotaku did a, a big report on it, I think in 2018 or 17. It's known. Like, this isn't, this is known. Yes. So, the lawsuit was filed with the, the LA County Superior Court back in January by uh, former executive assistant Sharon O'Donnell. Basically, she claims that the CEO subjected her to numerous sexual comments, inviting her to travel with him and work from his home while his wife was away. 
asking if she could handle him when they were alone at his house. When O'Donnell declined, Laurent is alleged to have become hostile, limiting her workplace responsibilities and eventually having her fired after she reported the incident to Riot's HR department. So that's... that's... yeah... Basically, the, the suggestion is, oh, she turned down sexual requests from a higher up and was had her job role reduced and then was fired as essentially punishment for not doing sex. Jesus Christ, they are persistent. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was I spent a lot of my morning trying to uh, acquire the court complaint. To read it over? Yes, yes, because there is a fee attached to getting it easily. So I had to, sp- I spent five bucks trying to get the case number. Yeah. Which I then later uh, managed to find for free elsewhere by mistake through a search anyway. And then and I, and I found a, a site that will let me download it. That's not the LA courthouse, but they, they want 149 fucking dollars a year to just let me download anything I want. I'm not doing that. But that company is so persistent. They've already called me. Yeah. And their Twitter f- account has followed me and their CEO's <laughs> Twitter account has followed me. Hey, hey. <laughs> So, they want in on that BFS tip is what they uh, want. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to recommend that they subscribe to our podcast. So. <laughs> oh, and get them to sponsor. Get them to sponsor Snack Time with Conrad on your live streams. Mm-hmm, ah. mm-hmm. Brought to you by. <laughs> Brought to you by Unicorn. Um, oh, every time you say it, I think you're saying Unicron. I know. I get so scared that you've been on the phone with him. Oh my god, that is my fault. That's how this whole thing started today, isn't it? Yeah, you got me thinking about sexy Transformers. Because oh. I thought I thought Unicron's going to come round. He's not sexy though. He he just pokes leaves under my door. Anyway, I think I do have a line on getting the complaint, but I haven't Good. received right. it okay. yet. Okay. Um, For now, we'll we'll continue with the paraphrasing that's been from elsewhere. Other comments that were apparently made to her comments included that she should be more feminine. Which is always a fun one for oh, for yes. a male executive to say to someone um, in a lower position in the company. Yeah. In a statement provided to media outlets in response to the lawsuit, Riot wrote, The plaintiff was dismissed from the company over seven months ago based on multiple well-documented complaints from a variety of people. Any suggestion otherwise is simply false. No active denial of the events that are alleged. Just denying, nope, nope, that's not why they were fired. Yeah, yeah. So having a scroll down, it was 2018 that Kotaku did their big report Mm -hmm. on why it's toxic workplace culture, talking about allegations of gender discrimination and sexual harassment within the company. That was never really addressed. No, never. Amazing that when a company doesn't really address the reports of harassment within their company, that future incident of it seemed to happen. It's almost like if you don't address it, it will continue to happen. Yeah. And, you know, we're looking at some of the biggest examples. You know, Ubisoft might be the most, certainly currently, I mean, God knows, you know, might be the most extreme in terms of scope and depth and just rot. Um, but this stuff is everywhere. It's everywhere. And yeah, I used to love the game industry until I looked at it. And it only takes a look. It's everything. People wonder why I started just banging on about wider, like, everything. It's because it's everything. Yeah. I want to love the games industry. I don't love it as it currently stands. And it's why a lot of the work I do has shifted towards 
talking about the things that need to be better. Yeah. Because I want to love this art form and I want to love, you know, to be be an excited person about it, but there are things we need to fix. I just... It hit me the other day, and it's not that I don't care about video games, but a lot of news lately, a lot of stuff I used to pay attention to, I just don't anymore. Like, a lot of games coming out and stuff, it's like, oh, if something catches my eye, I will do it. But this industry has exhausted me of it. I'm just tired of its bullshit. And it's it's definitely impacted the way I care about anything the industry does. Because it, ultimately, it'll just be corrupted in the end. I mean, Laura's got a better take with we can fix things. So I would advise listeners to listen to Laura than me. I don't know if we can fix things, but, you know, I'm trying. But I'm just... I need to wash the smell of the rot off me after doing it this long. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other quick stories. Um, you know how we didn't have an E3 last year and we had the Summer Games Fest where Jeff Keighley stretched E3 out over like four months? Sure. So this year, the ESA is trying to bring E3 back. Brilliant. And they're going to hype it up by Jeff Keighley stretching something else out for three Hey-o. weeks. <laughs> well, now this is this is still theoretical, because like, this would all yeah. still have to be approved by the ESA members for this to be what they do. But this seems to be the idea. Yes, but this is the, the current proposal. Yeah. yeah. So the current proposal is, hey, let's have a digital three-day event in June. Basically... The at ho- what the at-home experience of E3 typically is. The thing is, all reports seem to suggest that Jeff Keighley has no intention of dropping uh, Summer Games Fest as being a thing, oh, and good. has no interest in being involved in E3. So we m- we're going to have this weird situation, if this pans out how it seems to be panning out, where both E3 and Summer Games Fest fight over who gets to show whose games, and that's gonna be interesting also don't forget that e3 just like completely leaked a bunch of journalists information oh yeah let's yeah do you remember that you remember that thing they did yeah i almost forgot i almost forget what the esa did it doxed yeah thousands i think of journalists and, and other workers and, and yeah, you know. multiple multiple years worth of full lists mm. of media and attendees um Phone numbers and addresses. Yeah, and they did this because they they just didn't secure their shit. They like it. It was just you could just put in a link and get it. They had a Google spreadsheet with no password that was just a link that if you had the link you could just see all of that. The ESA. We are the video game industry. They say so. The video game industry, as well as taking your tax dollars, um, it will just dox you through sheer negligence. I'm so tired. Uh, yeah, and you can. Take a guess at how hyped I am for E3. Yeah. I don't give a shit anymore. E3 can <laughs> shove itself up its own ass. Uh, you know, based on, you know, I did a little bit of reading up on it. They're, they're suggesting, what, it's six figures? Yeah. For a company to participate in this digital event? Yeah, because that's, that's the thing that I find baffling about this story, because those kind of numbers you know, almost makes sense when you're going for the glitz and the glamour of the physical event and all that stuff. When you have to rent the LA Convention Center for three days, sure, that makes sense. Something tells me Keely's rates will be better. Yeah, here's the thing. 
I genuinely don't understand a world in which any game developer would pay six figures to go, yes, our, our live stream will be part of E3, when you could do your live stream four days later yeah. on your own social feeds where you already have that built-in audience and get almost exactly as many views. 2020 proved that none of these companies need the structure of E3. No, I've been arguing that for years. Exactly. They can do their own digital presentation and without E3's help and still get the exact same news across to the same number of eyeballs. Yeah. I'm going to be very interested in in the figures on this because if Jeff Cayley yeah. can get, you know, more interest from viewers as well than E3 does, I'll be all for it. I'll take Jeff Keighley every single day of the week then I will suffer a second of the ESA. Agreed. Agreed. I bet Jeff Keighley won't dox people. I mean, hasn't done so yet. He's got a better track record at the moment. He's all right. Like, you know, he is probably brand-wise as far away from me as you can get. But he ain't hiding it. I mean, when it comes to being the video game industry, he's more that than the ESA is. Yeah. He's he's the friendly face of it. And he's good at it. And I will take that. I will take a friendly, but not, not trying to be, you know, your best friend about it over the ESA, which will just fuck you. Yeah. And has tried legally. It's tried legally to fuck over everyone. I remember the things it's backed. Yeah. Fucking ESA. Uh, I bet Jeff Keighley never backed soap or pepper. A uh, cu- couple of other quick things to rattle through. Bloodborne. That's one of those games that people have been hoping would get a 60 frames a second patch on the PS5 because it seems like a game that could benefit from that. And From Software seems to have no in- interest in making that happen. Uh, there, there is a modder called Lance McDonald who back last year unofficially made a patch as a proof of concept to be like, hey, this gets Bloodborne running at 60 frames a second on, on PS4 hardware. It's doable. I'm not going to release this because, you know, I'll give From Software a chance to see if they're going to do it on PS5. It's been a few months. No words come of it. This person has now put the patch out online. If you have a a moddable um, PS4, you can now play 60, 60 FPS Bloodborne, which is just a cool thing that exists now. Hey. Okay, yeah, this is probably the last one that we should probably touch on this week. Um, CD Projekt Red has been uh, hit by a targeted cyber attack this week. Mm. So the company explained in a in a Twitter statement that... Um, someone had breached their systems and collected a lot of data, including, um, you know, source code for their games, things like that, but also things like employee information and, um, private company data. Yeah, my, my first response, my first reaction to this was sort of churlish. Yeah. And then that bit was like, well. This, yeah. And, and this is why I wanted to make sure we had this story on the um, the, 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 the docket this week, because I've, I've seen a lot of people going, like, expecting me to laugh along with this story, and I'm like, look, I have a lot of problems with CDPR. The fact is, there are people working at that company who might get doxxed as part of a blackmailing attempt, and that is shitty. Like, any time that employee personal information is potentially on the line, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cheer that on. Uh, particularly in a case like this, where we've seen how fucking vitriolic people have been towards CD Projekt Red since that game launched in many ways, and I would fear for 
people working there if their addresses were known. And often a lot of these mobs have a habit of blaming someone who had no hand yeah. in the actual decision based on other factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the women on that list would get harassment before the men would probably, you know. Well, we'll we won't make it obvious. We'll uh we'll say other factors. We won't we won't make it obvious what they would do. Yeah. So and have done and always do. When they're not being upset about arses, Ubisoft covered decades of sexual abuse, for fuck's sake. Mm. Uh, I got the complaint. You got it? I got it. Anything of, of interest in there you, you want to let us know? Or you, you... Uh, I mean, it's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I just found is gross. Yeah. I put it into the chat. Oh, let's... Okay, one second. It's gross. And they repeat it. You know, I'm not even going to look at it right now because I'm not in the mood. <laughs> but. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's gross. That's gross. That's gross. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's worse than the articles are making it sound, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I can understand why a news pu uh, publication would choose not to publish this. Yeah. I'm definitely going to steal myself and get in a right mood before I look at this. I think, and then now us doing this is building it up a bit yeah. more. So it's, it, it's, it's, but it's gross. Yeah. So yeah, back to that CDPR story. They have said that they are going, they're going to refuse to play along with the demands that are being made of them. They're contacting the staff that work there that may be impacted by this. I hope to God they offer them proper support and assistance because, you know, they're the they're the ones who are gonna suffer in this. You know, I would love I would love to see and I guess there'd be an irony if it was, you know, CDPR after all of the other stuff, but I would love to see a studio actually support like developers and workers in the company who have been doxxed and harassed and because Rarely do I see anything but acquiescence to the mob itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and whatever you want to think about CD Projekt Red as a company, and I have lots of thoughts on that. Yeah. Always when these things happen, the collateral damage, the actual yeah. damage, it, it, it goes to the workers. Exactly. Every single time. So it's, there's no way to be happy about this. Yeah. It's, we, we talked about this when there was that um, sort of ended up being not a legitimate thing, but that sort of story about the potential situation going on at the Ubisoft headquarters. It is totally reasonable for us to have serious problems with the management at a company and the way they the business practices made by the higher ups and the resulting games. But to simultaneously think that it would be terrible for bad things to happen to the everyday people working there. And that is the thing here. Just because I think that there are some shitty things that CD Projekt Red as a company has done does not mean that I want any harm to come to individuals working there. You know. So that's shitty. Um, this story broke. How long ago did it break? Um... We're still within the 48-hour window in which the person who did the hack was like, you've got 48 hours to comply, so we don't at this point know whether anything's going to come of it, whether that information will surface, but we'll see. And hopefully the people working there, if their information does get out there, are okay and are protected. I think that's it. Well, there's one other case legal thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, yes. And just worth bringing up. So I guess 
a photographer and writer mm. uh, by the name of let's see what is their name um, Clayton Haugen. Clayton Haugen. Yeah. Uh, they created a story and a character with a, a female military figure at the forefront of it, took photographs of a model dressed as them for the purpose of trying to get this made into a feature film. And they are claiming that this intellectual property was stolen and adapted by Activision to create the Lana character uh for which what call of duty was this Mo- modern warfare uh the sorry the the mara character yeah uh, mara that's right mara yeah uh interesting mm. because the 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 things that are alleged in here is that they went to the effort of hiring the same model that the this guy had used to take these photos mm. and then asking them to Get the wardrobe from him. The allegation is that not only was it the same the same woman that was used, uh, so the woman he used in the photos was scanned in to be the model for the game. Right. Uh, they allegedly hired the same makeup artist that he had hired to uh, reproduce the look in those photos down to the hair extensions that had been added to her hair. Yeah, they, they asked her, would you be willing to go to this photographer and ask for the clothing that was worn in the original photo shoot, and perhaps most damning, if accurate, because this would suggest a paper trail, to conceal their planned infringement, defendants required the talent and the makeup professional to sign non-disclosure agreements. The fact that this is in the lawsuit makes it sound like those non-disclosure agreements exist and have been, you know, that he has been made aware of them. If those exist, it's pretty damning. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's... <laughs> I mean why? That's the thing I don't get. Why? Yeah. Also the thing that like is perhaps most uh, damning of all is when you look at the photos, like the here is here is five examples from the photo set and here is five examples from Activision's Call of Duty and yeah yeah, I can see how that is that is very, very, very similar. I can see a sequence of events that leads to this being copyright infringement. What I can't understand is why you would go to all of that effort. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you leave such a paper trail as to ask to get the same outfits and to get the same makeup fu- artist? No, no, for fuck's sake. There are so few depictions of women soldiers in media it would be so easy to just create a new one and no one could possibly. Exactly, exactly. Like, if true, it is wild that they thought that this was a good idea and a thing that they needed to do. Yeah, necessary in any way. Yeah, we we have so little idea how to make a female character that we need to steal one. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> and it's just believable enough. Like I, I really even even without the evidence, which yes, kind of kind of damning. If they if those NDAs exist, that does not look good. Uh, but just even without the evidence, I buy it. I buy it. I'm willing to believe that that they'd be this lazy somehow, but still not lazy because they had to go to a bunch of extra work to cover up their laziness. It feels like it would have been easier to just hire a model, go to a uh, army supply, uh, an army surplus store, and take some photos. Exactly. It's a baffling story. Fucking love it. Ah. So yeah, I think that's everything for this week. I think that does it. 
Four years ago today, Penny Underbust uh, dressed up as me for a set. <laughs> That was prescient. Anyway. That was, was portentous. Yeah. Um, but then um, Jane dressed up as me once, your wife-to-be. Yeah, yeah, she did. She's She's got some very nice photos in that, very that costume. Much, yes. <laughs> um, but Laura. Yes. People can't see photos every single day of their life. They need podcasts and books and videos. And you can give them things. Yeah, you know what they should go to first. Oh. We did a th- we did a thing together we last did. week, or we published it last week. Every Friday on YouTube at Laura K Buzz, I publish episodes of a show called Accessibility, all about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Me and Jim did an episode together about ADHD that went up uh, last Friday. The response to that episode has been really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Felt, you know, seen with it coming out and recognised some things and maybe considered looking into whether they've got it or not. Because there's a lot about ADHD a lot of people think is them being lazy and, yeah. and incompetent. and Because people look at ADHD as just hyperactivity and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of things and it makes a lot of other issues worse. So, yeah, just a little glimpse into my terrifying life in that video. Yeah, it was really nice to get to work on this together and I'm really glad it's gone mm-hmm. over as well as it has with people. So you should go watch that, plus all of the other episodes of that series that I do because I put a lot of effort into that. But yeah, you can find me at Laura K Buzz everywhere, be it Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. You can find my books, what I do. There is um, Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being an autistic trans woman. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is out now. It's about video game character backsides. There's Gender Euphoria, which is coming out on June 10th, 2021. That's coming up real soon. It's about non-cis people just having a positive gender-affirming time. It's a real good, real feel-good book. There's also well, yeah, there's another book I'm working on, but we'll talk about that soon. Uh, there's also podcasts, Pixel Squirts, about video game porn. There's Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I, I talk about things that aren't video games all the time, like board games and films. And there's Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven with Conrad. Hey, you sure are. You could find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, you could hang out with me on Twitch, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and uh, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, and now a Sunday morning Spelunky run, uh, starting at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, provided I don't break my computer every weekend. That's all happening at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. You could also buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com, or maybe get an audiobook from me at conradreads.com. Let's see what- oh, oh, Jim! You have a Patreon, don't you? Ula, Jimquisition is Patreon. That was a good way to say it. <laughs> it's patreon.com slash Jimquisition. You can go on there, Twitch TV, Jim Sterling as well. If you want to see me play Monster Hunter, usually on a Tuesday about 2, two Eastern, you know, feel like it. Uh, that's about it. That'll do. Um, it's hot in this office, so I'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.